Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast, presented by STBB. A conversation dedicated to answering your legal questions and a platform where our team of specialist attorneys share their expert advice and legal know-how with South Africans. It's time for another In Our Legally Speaking series with Belinda Lewis, Director at STBB, the big small firm. Belinda simplifies in uncluttered layman's terms important legal principles associated with property law. Today we'll be considering how a purchaser goes about choosing into which name or vehicle the property will be bought and transferred. Hi Belinda, it's presumably quite a complex issue. Hello Mark and to your listeners. It is a complex question, and it will hinge very much on the rather frustrating, unhelpful phrase, well, it depends. (laughs) So what does it depend upon? The options, first of all, for taking transfer are broadly into an individual's name or names, into a trust, a close corporation or company, and as a group of individuals carrying on in business as a partnership, which we see the least of. And what are the factors that will influence that decision then, Belinda? The factors, Mark, are directly linked to the following. The purchaser's intended use of the property. How many parties are involved? For how long the property will be owned? Short-term, medium-term, long-term intentions. At what stage of life of the purchaser the property is acquired? The size of the purchaser's estate, and notably tax implications flowing therefrom. Here I'm referring specifically to capital gains tax, VAT, income tax, and the big one, estate duty. Mm. Presumably this decision must be made well before a property is bought then. Absolutely, Mark. There is actually no time at all in the rush of putting pen to paper at point of sale for the purchaser to try and decide who will purchase and take transfer of the property because in South African law the purchaser has to be finally chosen and in place by midnight of the date of sale. That is basically immediately. Belinda, are there any patterns that you see in terms of the choice of purchaser and how purchasers go about that? Certainly. Individuals will generally buy their home or primary residence in their own name. There are significant tax benefits by doing this, and essentially one gets more favorable treatment from the receiver of revenue in terms of capital gains tax when you dispose of your home down the line. As we know, one can make a 2 million rand net profit when you come to sell your home registered in your name. It doesn't apply where your home is registered in the name of a trust or company. Purchases, I find, even put a second investment property, like a property for rental or even a holiday home, in their name. And when is it appropriate then for trusts and companies to be used? So a trust is used to effectively plan your estate, to ensure also that the asset endures beyond your death for the trust's beneficiaries, to spread your assets out of your name and minimize estate duty when you pass away one day, We individuals 
you and I are only given an allowance of 3.5 million rand estate duty free when we pass away in respect of assets in our personal names. Above the amount of 3.5 million and up to 30 million, the receiver taxes at 20% estate duty. Above 30 million, the estate duty is 25%. That is heavy. Belinda, with companies, what are those typically for? Purchasers acquire properties in companies that they wish to add to a property investment portfolio, which has at its root its purpose, the holding, investing, and trading in property, and that will often either be property for development and or have a commercial tenant in place. The property need not only be commercial, it could be residential in nature if part of a larger residential property portfolio or operation. There are advantages in terms of the company being registered for VAT and being able to claim back VAT paid or transfer duty on the acquisition and VAT on the transfer costs and other costs. A property which is going to form part of a business operation which may or may not have other shareholders and or directors is usually transferred to a company or closed corporation. Now, Belinda, what if two individuals purchase a property together and they're not married? Is that advisable? Is it complicated or is it easy to get by? Not at all problematic, Mark. We regularly see this and we are often asked by them, or if not, we recommend that we draft a separate co-ownership agreement for them, which will regulate all and very specific aspects of their joint ownership and what would happen should the property be sold at a later stage, should one of the parties wish to buy the other out, etc. On all of these options, we can be approached to discuss the various nuances and implications, but it is also important that the purchasers discuss these matters with their tax advisors too. To conclude, Mark, my advice is that whichever vehicle is selected as purchaser of the property, that purchaser must be able to succeed in a mortgage loan application and in the case of companies, closed corporations and trusts as juristic persons, the banks do require personal suretyships to back up that loan application. As we can see in these Legally Speaking series, property law can be very complex and you need an expert on your side, which is why you need STBB and Belinda Lewis on your side. Belinda, how do FMR listeners get hold of you? Mark, I'm at the Claremont office of our firm. However, we have 11 branches in South Africa and they can reach any one of our 100 professionals at www.stbb.co.za. Legally speaking, this podcast has come to an end. Thanks for joining the conversation. And if you like what you're hearing, visit us at stbb.co.za for more info.